We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I am your host. Very excited with a special guest that I've had the privilege of hanging out with a few times now. His name is Johnny Stone. Johnny, thank you for joining us. Of course. Of course. I'm really excited to be here. Now we're going to dive into the question of the show, which is what do you believe the world needs more of? Honestly, um, that's a really good question. And my personal belief is the world needs more kindness, love, hope, and just overall um, just faith. You know, I believe faith can move mountains, you know, and I, I believe uh, if we stick together and, um, and just work towards making the world a better place, it, it, it's, it's beautiful. And, and, and watching things come together, it's just one of the most magical things you'll ever see in your life. Hmm. I love that. I love that and I agree. Kindness, love, hope, and faith to allow things to come together as they need to. Definitely. That's powerful. Here's a second question. What is your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you? And what are some of the life moments that help shape it? Well, honestly, my, my ability to find the good and get through almost any type of heartache has been my, I, I call it my superpower. And I don't know how I came to get it, but it started when, um, you know, I was young. I married my high school sweetheart and I joined the Navy and off we went to San Diego, California. You know, I'm from a small town in Illinois and uh, we had very little money and, and we went off to the big city. And um, all we had was our little car full of hope, love, and dreams. And, and um, we went out there. And um, about six months later, we found out my wife was uh, pregnant with twins, you know. And, um, and, and then shortly after, they were born actually three months early. And um, that was our first taste of heartache, re like real life-challenging um, problems because they ended up being in the NIC unit for three months. And we only had one car. So what would happen is – my wife, Sarah, would get up with me in the morning and um, at 4 a.m., um, and I would drop her off at the hospital, drive into work, get off, and then come meet her back at the hospital. And we did that almost every day for three months until we got to bring them home. And that was our first test of, you know, um, of how powerful love is and how important it is to find the good, you know. And, and fast forward, and they're perfectly healthy now. And um, everything went smooth. And, um, you know, and we kept plowing through life. But the real big life challenge that really really hit my family hard was um in 2015 i just got back from a real long deployment three days later um i was in the er with my wife sarah and um they were doing the ultrasound and we just had a feeling something was bad she wasn't feeling good her stomach was hurting and uh, come to find out she had stage four appendix cancer 
And, um, you know, they, they, they walked out, the people doing the ultrasound, and then all these doctors came walking in with chairs and had to sit down. And before they even had a chance to talk, my wife and I looked at each other and we made the promise that no matter what happens from that moment on, we're going to make it a point to find the good in every single day. And we're going to live life to the absolute fullest no matter what. And that's what we did. You know, two days later, she's in surgery. You know, we're 10 days from Christmas now. I'm going back and forth trying to get presents ready for Santa Claus to come. And it, it's insane, you know, and I just got back and we have four young kids by this time, you know, and um, twin girls, another girl, Maddie, and then Jackson, who we adopted, we fostered to adopt and he was special needs getting services. So, I mean, we were just running all over the place, but I promise you, no matter what, we found the good in every single day. And, um, and then believe me, it got hard. Like I would not wish what had happened to my worst enemy you know um just sarah started her treatments getting chemo every other week and she really started to get sick and um the kids were really confused trying to figure out what was going on and there i was you know taking care of sarah taking care of the kids work the house and but the the key is to never ever lose faith never lose hope that it's going to be okay and you know rather we were snuggling on the couch or we were um we've got to go to disneyland and and we just we were just living life and, um, and, and we, our ability to find the good just became habit. And, um, so fast forward 10 short months and, and she ended up passing away in my arms. And it was one of the hardest days of my entire life, the hardest. And, um, but before she did, she made me promise to do three things. And that is to always find the good in every single day, continue to do good things, um, help out with foster care, help out with cancer awareness and just volunteer and just do great things. And also open my heart up to love. Because, um, you know, she was only 29 when she passed away and I was only 31. And she said, the, you know, someone out there needs your heart and you need to be loved as well. And I remember thinking to myself, no, you know, that's crazy. There's no way. But um, I did. You know, I held my end of the bargain and I kept all three promises. You know, I continue no matter what I find the good in every single day. And I believe that's my that's my power. Um I just, I know hardship never comes to stay. It does not. It's there to teach you something, but you have to keep going and then um, do good things because when you can't find the good and you're having a hard time finding the good, if you do something good for somebody else without expecting anything in return, it's one of the most incredible feelings you'll ever have. And you're almost guaranteed to find your good that way. And then open myself up for love. And that's a whole other story. But, and um, I met a beautiful woman actually at one of your dad's seminars, UPW LA. Um, and, um, it all worked out and it, and it's amazing. And, um, so here I am fast forward a couple years. Um, I'm engaged. We have six kids combined. I'm talking the new age Brady bunch. It's crazy. And, um, but I promise you one thing, we find the good in every single day. And, and that's, that's honestly my own superpower. I believe. That's so very special. Find the good, do good and stay open for love. I love that. So exactly. Here's a question. What's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble over all these years? Um, that's a really, really good question. I've always been one to, to, to put people first, you know, that's just kind of my, uh, it's what I enjoy doing. And, um, honestly, one of my most humbling um, experiences was when, um, I overheard Alyssa, one of the twins talking to a kid at the park who had cancer actually, um, it was in my old neighborhood and she uh, didn't have a whole lot of time left with us. 
on this earth. And um, she didn't get to get out to the park very often. And, and a lot of the other kids, you know, she's really sick. She had lost her hair. She's in a wheelchair. So a lot of the other kids were really looking at her, uh, you know, funny and, and trying to figure out what was going on. But Alyssa walked right up to her and told her how important it is to find the good. And it instantly brought goosebumps and tears to my eyes because, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I, I, I really want to raise our kids to be the best versions of themselves. I'm trying to lead that, that life. And you often forget that they're watching every move you make. And it's at that moment, I realized that I'm actually doing an okay job with these guys because it's really stressful. You know, when you're trying to raise your kids and you have so much going on, trying to make a difference. And, um, and, and it's stuff like that, that validates that you are doing an all right job. And she really showed me that, um, you know, life always works out. Mm. Powerful. It's it's amazing. Uh, I think the phrase is your actions speak so loud I can't hear a word coming out of your mouth. And clearly <laughs> your actions were a beautiful teacher for her to pick up on. Oh, it's it's amazing. And all the kids, Maddie, you know, my uh, middle daughter, she's always given words of wisdom. And, um, you know, and Allie has the biggest heart. She's very creative. And Jackson, he's special needs and he's five and he can't talk yet. But he has the biggest smile in the world. And he's, he's you know, he's our only son, first of all. And, um, and he just, he's so special and he has his own challenges. But no matter what, even without communicating, you know he's finding the good. And he's always so happy. And he just, it's just, life is beautiful, you know. And I, never, you know, considering all the heartache and everything that had happened, I'm here to tell you that hardship does not ever come to stay. And I'm living proof of that, that happily ever afters do exist. And, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be down every once in a while, every once in a while, but just don't ever unpack, you know, go down there. It's okay to be upset, angry, mad, we're human, but don't stay there. You have to climb out of there and you have to find the good and you have to keep going always. Mm. So true. So true. What about an awe-inspiring moment over the years, a moment that left your, your jaw on the ground and just a moment of awe? Oh man, you know, there's, um, there's a couple. I would say um, two days before Sarah passed away, we were in the hospital. What happened is we um, we went to the hospital for an ER visit. She wasn't feeling good. And then next thing you know, they're asking me the question. They're saying, um, you know, we have two options. You can leave her on life support. And this is like, like three in the morning. And they say, you can put her on life support. She's going to suffer. She's hands and she cannot get treated for cancer. And we still don't know how long she has left. Or we can leave it... Um, up to God and she has anywhere from four hours to 48 hours. And, um, it was one of the hardest, hardest decisions I've ever had to make. I was really caught off guard and I looked at her and everybody was around her. The machines are going off. It's insane. And she gives me a wink. And, um, that's when I knew it was going to be okay. And, um, and we chose, you know, to leave it up to God. And, um, after that, um, about three hours later, she told me she had written me this letter that's in my um, nightstand. She wants me to read it after I go home. And in this letter, um, she had planned out her entire funeral because she knew I was going to be stressed out um, and trying to you know, manage everything and overwhelmed. She planned it all out and made sure she wrote down all those promises that she made me make. And um, she even drew out the, the headstone and everything, like just really, even to the very last moment, she was extremely selfless and then um you know and, and it was just beautiful you know and um 
I'd say that was the biggest aha moment um, for me. It really inspired me to keep going, and I knew it was going to be okay. And um, and then one more when um, uh, Wendy May, she's my fiance. Um, what happened? How I met her is I posted a picture of Sarah's tombstone. It had finally come in because she was buried in uh, November in the winter, so there was snow and the ground was really soggy. So a few months later, I finally got the headstone placed, and I took a picture of it, put it on Facebook, and. Um, you know, a ton of people are reaching out and everything. And she was one of them. She's like, I just have to message you and let you know um, that Sarah and I have the same birthdays. Hmm. And um, oh, it was, it, you know, I'm a firm believer in following the signs and her and just like a bunch of other people are always reaching out saying, if you ever need anything, I know what it's like to be a single parent. Um, you know, I know it's hard. And, and just like everybody else, I responded back. Thank you. And again, if you need anything, let me know. Cause I'm just, I, I like helping others. And then when I posted that a couple months later, it was just um, that's when everything kind of kicked off and we just started chatting and it ter eventually turned into what it is now. And and uh, that was the second biggest moment. Um, and again, when I knew I was on the right path and everything was going to be OK. Hmm. I love that. Here's a question. What's your greatest fear? Um, I would say that. Um, Honestly, it's that one of my family members are going to get sick. Um, naturally, I just, uh, and that's probably one of my limiting beliefs as well, because, uh, you know, I never thought in a million years Sarah would have got sick. At the time, she was, you know, 28, and, um, you know, 10 short months later, she's gone, you know. So my biggest fear is something is going to happen to someone else I care about. And um, and honestly, uh, I use that as motivation. I use that as drive to help others and remind them how short life is because death doesn't know age. It does not. The fact of the matter is none of us know when our time is up. So I try to um, lead and inspire others to live every single day as if it's a huge blessing and um, to not take the simple fact that you're alive for granted. And um, I teach that to my kids. And whenever we want to do something, we try our best to do it. And um, and uh, so that's that's kind of my biggest um, fear, I guess, is death. And not even really death, because I know it's going to be okay even after you die. But I'm more worried about my family and the people around me. And that's, that's probably my biggest fear. Hmm. What about this? What are you most excited about for your future? Well, um, number one is our wedding. Um, we're going to get married in June up in Washington. And it's, gonna, it's just going to be beautiful, and I can't wait for that. Um, also I'm super excited. I, I can feel Jackson is getting ready to talk. I can just feel it. You know, he's muttering a lot of stuff and he's signing a lot. He uses his little iPad to talk now, but he's starting to say things like dad, dad and things like that. And I'm getting really excited for him to talk next. And uh, the very fact that we're alive, my family's all doing well. And um, I'm just honestly excited to see what, what's next for all of us. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to see how he talks too and see it come to life. I know the oh, times yeah. we've been able to, to hang out together, I, I feel like he has a lot to share. So it'll be fun to see Definitely. how he's able to. So we're going to transition to the second part of the show. We call this Nuts and Bolts. It's the tactical, tangible, practical, applicable kind of steps and actions people can take that we're going to leave them with today. And, and so the first question is, where do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life each day as of right now? Um, living, 100%, and, uh, and reminding others to live as well. Um, I really, really uh, spreading kindness and reminding people how important it is to be kind and um, re reminding people just how short life is is 
very, very, very important to me. And I start with my family and then I stem out every day and I try to help as many people as I can um, and just inspire them to be the best versions of them. You know, I really, it's really important to me that because it's, it's an, literally impossible to be the best version of someone else. So my, it's, it's so important to me that you are you, you're authentic and you be the best version of you and you live life as happily as possible. And whatever that is, however that applies to you, that's all on you. I never tell someone what they should do. I tell them what I would do. And then I hope that they go out and they have the seeds, enough seeds and enough tools to go out and be um, their best version. And, and, and I love watching people grow and I love watching people climb up out of that funk that we tend to be in because life is hard sometimes. And um, I like to be there to just help as many people as I can because they say it's lonely on top, but not if you bring everyone with you. And I firmly believe in that. Mm. And what's a key to your success in helping them with that? Um, I'm living proof of it, that it works. I, um, I'm not one to just say something just because I read it somewhere or heard it in a podcast or, or same thing or, or an inspirational thing or whatever. Um, what happens is I lived it, you know, and, and, it, and I truly did, you know, a lot of hardship, rather it was Jackson and his struggles and, um, Sarah passing away and everything else. And I, I just, I got the tools. It's almost like after Sarah passed away, I was born with a new set of eyes and I could see when someone's hurting and I can see when someone needs help. And it's really important to me that I'm there for them. And um, so, you know, that's my life mission. And I, I believe that's what, you know, keeps me going and the people around me is that um, uh, I'm living proof that happily ever afters do actually exist. I love that. I love that. And so our final question is what is one actionable tip we can leave others with that they can immediately apply today in their life to achieve the kind of success and have the, 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 the kind of, you know, love and kindness and hope and faith that, that you've talked about and you embody and you live each day. What's one tip we can leave them with to access all that? Um, when you wake up first thing in the morning, say thank you because you're alive. And then no matter what happens, no matter how bad life gets, choose to find the good because while you're focusing on all those bad things that are going to happen, they just do. You miss out on so much good in front of you. So work on finding the good every single day and turn it into a habit. That way your life naturally will start to get better and not, and it may not even be bad now, but life can always get better. It just can by instilling different things like kindness and, and happiness. And, but finding the good on my end, my tip to you is to focus on something good in your life, rather that the fact that the sun, you had a beautiful sunrise or a beautiful sunset or your family or whatever it is you truly enjoy, focus on that at least for a couple minutes a day. That way you're guaranteed to have something good in, in your day and in your life. Hmm, so very special and so very true. Now, I, I believe you've also written a book about finding good. Is that correct? That's correct. It's called Finding Good. And, um, you know, in this book, it talks all about how Sarah and I met and our journey through all our hardship and how we got through it. But it also, um, it, it just shows some of the tips that we used, you know, and how we were able to get through things, um, both good and bad. And it shows everybody that, you know, true love does exist and that, you know, to don't lose faith. And um, at the end, there's a 30-day challenge called 30 day finding good challenge. And it gives you uh, tips. It's, and these are exactly what I used, you know, while we were going through it, you know, I'm telling you, it was really hard, um, you know, rather, you know, Sarah getting sick and the treatments and everything. And so little tips on what I did every day that helped me get through it. 
and um, a little journal on each page to write down what you're going to do. And um, uh, by the end of that 30 days, um, at least on my end, it really helped me um, in regards to finding the good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, if they want to find this book, where's the best place for them to find it? Uh, the best place is to jump on Amazon and just search Finding Good, and you'll see it. It's written by me, Jonathan Stone. And um, also, you can look me up on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and message me if you don't have Amazon or if you'd like a signed copy and whatnot. Um, there's other ways, uh, especially um, for those of you that don't have a whole lot of um, you know, resources when it comes to uh, getting on Amazon and, and, and the Internet and whatnot. I'll, I'll mail you a book. I'll make it happen because it's really important to me that you're able to find your good. So special. Well, thank you, Johnny, for joining us. It's been a pleasure as always. For everyone tuning in, make sure to go find a copy of that book, whether it's on Amazon or pinging Johnny on social media and letting him know. Uh, and for those of you who enjoyed this episode, we believe that sharing is caring. We like caring people, so make sure to share it with someone you know that needs to hear this message, that needs help finding good in their life, or, or someone who loves finding good and just wants another beautiful story to remind them how important it is to continually focus on finding that greatness and good in their life. 